0: Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author, Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. So we have a virus that is spreading around the world. We have people getting sick. We have people dying. We have businesses and, and economies falling. Dr. Jennings, I know that a lot of people are looking to you for an answer to this question. Is this the end time? Are there end time lessons that we need to be learning here? Are we looking at something that is going to end it all? Well, Dr. Jennings is here via Skype to answer that very question. Dr. Jennings, what do you have to say?
1: You're exactly right. I've been receiving emails and inquiries from people about, hey, is this part of the end times? Is this the plague of Revelation? Is this yeah. the beginning of the tribulation or the time of trouble? And so I thought it would be helpful for us to have a discussion about what is happening right now and what lessons can this teach us as we prepare for the second coming of Christ. You know, the Bible says that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world yes. as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And many have wondered— well, how is the gospel going to reach every person? And could this pandemic be a catalyst to help spread the gospel to the world? Yeah, yeah. How will everyone be brought to a decision between Christ and Satan, between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of this world? I don't know if you have, like me, through your Christian journey red eschatological end-time type scenarios being preached, and and you hear, oh, there's going to be armies uh, coming down into the Middle East and having a major physical war in the Middle East, as one scenario has it, or others. There will be religious groups that get a hold of earthly governments to pass religious doctrines that we have to adhere to or practices, and it's suggested that we have to back one army or agree with one doctrine or embrace one particular religious ritual or something like this forced to decide on. I don't know if you've heard stuff like that. Have you heard stuff like that, John? I
0: have. I have, absolutely. And I remember hearing it when I was a kid,
1: even. So I want to suggest, actually, and this current pandemic really brings us home, I want to suggest that the final presentation of the gospel and the final test that every person will face is much more basic and simple. Hmm. It will simply be a test, not over correct doctrine, but over correct character. Do we love others? Or do we love self more? This is to be the test. Do we choose godly self-sacrificial service, or do we choose to protect self even when it hurts others? Two weeks ago, I uh, posted a blog and we did a podcast on viruses Mm -hmm. and how viruses are not part of God's creation, but are manifestations of selfishness, seeking only to replicate me, 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 and more of me, Mm -hmm. and how that's a physical manifestation of the principle of the law of sin and death, selfishness, which leads to death. But Jesus said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for a friend. John wrote, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus laid his life down for us, and we ought to lay our lives down for our brothers. God's kingdom is the kingdom of love, a kingdom not driven by fear, not focused on self, not exploitive of others, but a kingdom that serves, that gives, that heals and restores. And Revelation describes an end-time people of God who are ready to meet Christ with these words, Revelation 12, 11. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Mm. These people are not driven by fear. They don't seek to protect self. They refuse to run from doing what's right in order to save their own lives. This is the opposite of the kingdom of this selfish world. Mm -hmm. It's opposed to the survival drive. This is what the actual test, in my view, will be about. And so as the world moves ever closer to the coming of Christ, the Bible describes people will be caught up in the busyness of life, food on the table, building houses, getting married and giving in marriage, entertainment, such that they don't even realize the end is approaching. And God, who wants everyone to come to salvation, mercifully allows the four angels who hold the four winds of strife back to loosen their grip, Mm. to give people opportunity to think, to act, to test their character, to choose which kingdom will be theirs. And Charles, will they love others, Mm. or will they harden their heart in selfishness? Will fear take control of their hearts, or will love cast out fear? Will people choose God's kingdom of love or Satan's kingdom of survival of the fittest? When a pandemic occurs, will people choose to wait until they have a need to procure limited resources, or will they stockpile what they don't actually need, thereby depriving others who do have a need of life-saving resources? Will people seek to price gouge and take advantage, or will they seek to give what they have to those in need? Well, last week, one of my patients came to my office and brought me two N95 masks that he had at home. He was concerned for me and my health and thought that I could have more use for them than he had. This was an act of love, God's kingdom in action. Godly love doesn't just share though. Godly love puts oneself in harm's way to help others. And right now we see it, doctors, nurses, first responders, and many others caring for those in need despite risk for themselves. And we've had the reports of doctors who have actually died from the infection because they got exposed to helping others. And yet, godly love shines even brighter. Maybe you heard the story. Amid the rampant fear caused by the Corona pandemic, Catholic priest Don Berardelli in Italy, 72 years old, infected with the coronavirus, gave up his ventilator so that a younger patient could have one. And sadly, the priest died from the infection. But he chose love over protecting self. He did not love his life so much as to shrink from death. You know, his test was not over denominational affiliation, over creeds, over religious rituals. It was about character. God's kingdom of love. So I see what's happening in the world right now, and we see lots of love in action, but don't we also see lots of hoarding, lots of selfishness, lots of people who are just watching out for themselves at
0: the same time? Uh, Dr. Jennings, I saw a report that the sale of guns and ammunition is way up. It's climbed way up there, and yet you look around your town, and there are vulnerable people, elderly people, there are homeless people who are facing this alone and unprotected, yet, hey, I've got my gun, I've got my ammunition, I'm ready. The
1: pandemics like this and other things are going to happen in the world,
0: according to Scripture.
1: Yeah. And these events put each person—you can see how the entire world yes. will face circumstances and situations in which they have to decide. Will they give in to fear? Or will they act out of love, trusting God with the outcomes? Will they socially isolate because it will benefit others? Or will they party on a beach? Will they hoard masks, disinfectant, toilet paper, medications, water, food? Or will they share with their neighbors and leave things in the supply chain until they actually have a need themselves? Will they get guns and then go hunting and taking from other people if they don't have any? You know, there are many books written about the end time, Charles, and many of those books talk about how there will be various tests of doctrinal correctness. You must believe this doctrine in this way or religious practice. You must observe this ritual or practice or worship in this way, or you must say this particular prayer or this particular organization you must back. I think all of that is really missing the point. I think the point is, do you love like Jesus loves, or do you reject God's love and identify with the systems of this world so that you're willing to hurt others in order to protect yourself?
0: I remember the first time I read your words where you said survival of the fittest was not a God construct. It's a, it's a double construct. And it really changed my attitude also, because you're right, survival of the fittest No, we need need to have the unfit among us survive. We need to help the the helpless, the the homeless, the the weak, the diseased. Those are the people that we need to help survive, not make sure that we survive because we happen to be the fittest.
1: And this is one of the beauties about what's happening in America right now, whether people see it or not. Mm -hmm. We are millions of people are taking a hit, an economic hit, Mm -hmm. a social hit, financial hit, an occupational hit, to isolate, to not go to work, to close their businesses so that the weakest in our society can be protected. The most vulnerable can have a chance to survive this pandemic. Had we not done anything and just gone to work as usual, the vast majority of the healthy and the strong would have come through this. Okay, they might have gotten sick, but they would have survived it. That's what the data is showing. But the elderly and the immunocompromised and those with other diseases, they would have been at greater risk and been taken out among us. So the healthy, the strong, are willingly taking a hit in order to protect the weak.
0: Now, Dr. Jennings, I'm going to ask you a question. You may ask me to cut this out, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Why is it that those who don't seem to be professing a lot of Christianity or or, or God in their lives are doing what you're saying, they are more loving and open, where the Christians that I see out there tend, not all, but tend to be the kind that wants to survive and they get together and they don't care what's going on because God's going to protect us. I have seen that it really doesn't matter, regardless of
1: uh, religious affiliation, that there are people across the landscape of life different denominations, different religious groups, agnostics who are acting in love and other-centeredness and a willingness to help others, and there are people across the landscape of life. So it really is exactly as the Bible describes it, the wheat grow up with the tares. Mm -hmm. Within the church, there are the wheat, and within the church, there are the tares. I think that to a great degree, the church reflects basically what you find in the world, because the tares are growing up in the church with the wheat.
0: Okay, we have about two minutes left on our program. Dr. Jennings, you have made a case here of end-time lessons and what we need to learn. Take this home for us. How do we need to change our lives starting today to better reflect what God wants us to be?
1: Well, the only way a person can move from the survival drive with which we're infected to a heart that loves others is through a relationship with our Creator God. Mm. Now, The Bible tells that those who value those principles, those methods, Paul writes in Romans chapter two, those who have not heard the law, but do by nature, the things contained in the law are a law unto themselves, showing that the law has been written in their heart. Paul's making the case that those who have not heard scripture, but identify in God's creation, God's divine nature, which has been revealed through what he has made, Romans 120, and they respond to those principles of love and beneficence that the Holy Spirit recreates in their heart, writes on their heart. God's design law of love and beneficence, which is the new covenant experience. Right. And so God is working to heal and restore in us all those who identify and and respond to the principles of God's kingdom. Through what Jesus Christ has established, the Holy Spirit will bring that home to our hearts, but we have to identify, and then we can enhance that by spending time getting into the word and really embracing and choosing those principles and rejecting the temptations that fear lead us into.
0: So it sounds like you're saying that if we get to know Christ, if we study His life, we study His words, we study His actions when He was here on earth, that our thoughts will be more in line with the way he operated, the way he interacted with people. Am I on the right, track saying that? Now you've described a
1: design law, a law on how things work, called the law of worship. By mm-hmm. beholding, we become changed. And as we study the life of Christ, which was perfect love carried out in human form and living to give, then we, we become more like it. If we study it and admire it and adore it, yes, we do become more like Christ. That's what the Bible teaches us, to fix our eyes on Christ, the author and finisher of our faith.
0: Hmm. Comeandreason.com is the website. Listener, I invite you to visit. There are lots of resources, Dr. Jennings' blogs and his television programs, radio programs, his articles, and just lots of good information that you can gather there to help you through this time and through life in general. And I love the fact Dr. Jennings, that throughout your material, and I've looked through it all, there is that let's love like Jesus loves. Let's not use the world and Satan's construct as our guide. Let's use Christ's life as our guide. And we appreciate that. And we really appreciate you coming and sharing with us today. Thank you, Dr. Jennings. Always enjoy, Charles. Thank you. And Listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone.